slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed the long Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday, turkey, food, family, friends, all those good things. A couple of games for the Islanders with mixed results. We will talk a little bit about the loss that closed out the California road trip and the win uh, that the Islanders earned when they returned home to the Barclays Center, a 2-0 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll talk about the goaltending situation uh, and the removal uh, by Tomas Grice uh, of himself from the game, and we'll have this date in Islanders history and a full preview of tonight's game as well. So lots to get to on today's show. We'll start out with what was a rather flat effort in Los Angeles where, again, you know, the Islanders closed out that three-game California road trip 0-2-1 and and only scored three goals total in those three games. That was not their best effort, but, you know, getting a little concerned about the overall goal-scoring output that this team is putting together, and I think Barry Trotz is concerned as well. You saw throughout the Kings game and again during the Columbus game as well that he was mixing and matching some of those lines, trying to find the right combination uh, that will get the job done, especially the third line. I mean, the top line seems more or less set. You have Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and Martin. That seems to work very well. But then, you know, your your third line especially, and to a lesser extent, your second line, still up in the air. Not exactly sure also where Josh Bailey fits in. He's not getting time with the top six forwards. Uh, and so, you know, Trotz is mixing and matching him in the third line, the fourth line, uh, occasionally putting him on the second line, getting him some power play time. But again, it's one of those situations where you're looking for a combination that works and works consistently, and offensively right now, the Islanders just aren't finding it, and it's frustrating. Now, the game Saturday at the Barclays Center, a 2 nothing win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I'll tell you, this was a big game for the Islanders, if only because the California road trip was a bit discouraging, they really stumbled, especially offensively, but, you know, a bit of a revival, a, a stronger performance, no doubt, uh, Saturday against the Blue Jackets. And again, Columbus is one of those teams below the Islanders in the standings. The Islanders are second in the Metropolitan Division, Columbus seventh in the in the Metropolitan Division. And certainly without Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, Columbus not the same team, especially defensively, although I will have to say that Elvis 
uh, Merzlikens gave them some very good goaltending uh, on Saturday and kept Columbus in this game despite the fact that the Islanders got the better of the play. Didn't take the Islanders long to get started. Only a minute 18 into the game, Matthew Barzal with a very nice feed to Anders Lee, and Lee puts home his sixth of the season. Again, Barzal and Josh Bailey getting the assists, and quickly, it was one nothing Islanders. And, and after that, again, you see a situation where Elvis keeps the Blue Jackets in the building, so to speak. Throughout the first period, the Islanders had some quality chances, but were unable to convert. Now, the big turn in this game came fairly early in the first period, I would say. Uh, You know, maybe midway, let's say, through the period when starting goaltender Tomas Grice removed himself from the game, said he felt dizzy, Uh, wasn't feeling well, and that he probably shouldn't be out there. So Grice comes out, and the Islanders already leading one to nothing at that point, and in comes Varlamov, and Simeon Varlamov, uh, I'll tell you, it's not always easy to come into a game cold when, you know, especially, you know, it's only one to nothing. You're clinging to this one goal lead, and yet Varlamov came in and did the job. Now, in the old days, used to get time to warm up a goaltender. And Al Arbor of the Islanders was a master at kind of utilizing that, okay, you can warm up your goalie uh, in order to delay things and to change the momentum of the game, give his team a breather, let them regroup. Uh, He used that to perfection, but now there are actually timeouts. But, you know, when you switch goalies now, you don't get the warm-up. So, Definitely got to give credit to Varlamov. Grice made nine saves in 14 minutes and six seconds of action. And then Varlamov comes in and had 30 saves the rest of the way to uh, clinch the shutout. Islanders outshot in this game 39-27. to But uh, again, after 20 minutes, they led one to nothing. Once Varlamov came in, he, again, got the job done. Islanders outshot Columbus in the first period, 13-12. to Now, Grice stayed on the bench. So, I guess if, you know, something happened to Varlamov, uh, Grice would have technically been available, even though he wasn't feeling well, to come back in and uh, take care of things. And... You know, he stayed on the bench and was available. Now, Zach Wierenski injured in this game. in And, you know, that was called an upper body injury. And he did not return. So, Columbus losing Wierenski in this one. Uh, a blow to their defense. And that certainly helped the Islanders a bit as well. The game got very physical in the second period. Boychuk delivering a couple of thundering hits. Uh, and, and that was uh, interesting. And then, again, Varlamov coming up big and making some big saves. Bjorkstrand had a great opportunity in that second period. And and Varlamov coming up big. Scott Mayfield had a chance also in that period. Hit one off the crossbar on a shot from the right circle. And it remained one to nothing Islanders. Then the Islanders add to their lead. A breakaway goal 
at this point for Matthew Barzal, his 10th of the season. Pellick gets the only assist. Time of the goal, 16-01. And all of a sudden, it is 2-0. Barzal, the first Islander to reach 10 goals on this season. After 40 minutes, Blue Jackets out shooting the Islanders 22-21. And in the third period, that would really get even more one-sided. Uh, nice attendance, by the way, in this game. 13,433 at the Barkley Center. And, you know, the Blue Jackets in the third period put a lot of pressure on the Islander goal, but the Islanders, and especially Simeon Varlamov, came up big and managed to keep the Blue Jackets off the scoreboard and preserve that shutout just under the four-minute mark left in regulation, and Columbus pulled their goalie because they really needed to try to get back into the game. Islanders not able to take advantage of the empty net. They ended up, in fact, taking a penalty, a foolish penalty, in what ended up being the only penalty of the game, by the way, with just 3:01 left in the third period. Josh Bailey off for interfering with Seth Jones. That gives Columbus the power play. They pulled the goalie, so they have the six on four, but it just... Uh, does not end up working as they kill it off and uh, end up with their second shutout, a shared shutout in this case for Varlamov and Grice, and they earn the 2 nothing victory that ends the 0-2-1 slump from that West Coast swing and makes all of Islander Nation feel better. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you could find this and all other offers from LockedOn sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. All right, so we take a look at some of the numbers from this game. And again, uh, Grice, nine saves. Varlamov, 30 in the shared shutout. Big game for Matthew Barzal. One goal, one assist. So he's in on both uh, goals. He is a plus two as well. And that was certainly uh, advantageous. And eight hits in this game for Casey Sezikis of the Islanders in 16 minutes and 40 seconds of play, so a solid game for him. Kamarov out on the ice. He had three hits in 11 minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, Otto Koivula also out there. As far as the uh, defensemen were concerned, Pelik with an assist, so the blue line, again, continuing to contribute offensively. The scratches for the Islanders, Michael Dalcol. Noah Dobson and Ross Johnston, so they sit it out. But other than that, Islanders struggling in this game in the faceoff circle. Uh, Casey Sezikis, 8 out of 17 from the faceoff circle. Brock Nelson, the only one who really did exceptionally well. And Nelson has been dynamite on draws lately. Uh, 7 out of 11 for 64% for Brock Nelson. Also, Cal Clutterbuck credited with six hits in this contest. So 
The Islanders getting the job done. Shots on goal, a lot of players contributing. Uh, Anders Lee leading the way with four shots on goal, but the only forwards who didn't uh, register shots on goal in this game, Cal Clutterbuck uh, and Josh Bailey did not. But everyone else uh, out of the forwards who dressed had at least one shot on goal, and Nick Letty and Adam Pellick did not have shots on goal among the blue liners. So four players that dressed for this game did not manage at least one shot. But, you know, the key for the Islanders, really, if you think about it, was their defense. And the Blue Jackets had a lot of quality chances in this in this game. A lot more chances from in between the circles, from the slot area. Uh, yet it was Simeon Varlamov who came up big for the Islanders and managed to allow them to keep things, uh, you know, to keep that shutout ends up being a shared shutout. And that is the biggest factor in leading to this victory over the Blue Jackets. Now, of course, one of the questions coming up, the the goaltending rotation, you know, the Islanders have back-to-back games early this week, and you would assume Varlamov would get the start in the first of those two games, and then you would think if he's healthy, Grice would come back and start the second one. By the way, this was also the third combined shutout in Islanders history. The last time it happened, April 4th, 1998, when Tommy Sallow and Wade Flaherty combined for a shutout. So only the third time in Islanders history, dating back to 1972, that we've had a shared shutout. Now, we mentioned Noah Dobson being a scratch. That's because Nick Letty returned to the lineup He played 18 minutes and 55 seconds in this game. He aggravated a lower body injury against the Kings, missed the Kings game, the previous game uh, in Anaheim. He aggravated that lower body injury. But as of right now, uh, he says he's feeling better and was in the lineup. That's a good sign. And having Dobson available and giving him experience is a plus. And Dobson is in a tough position right now because he cannot be sent to the AHL because of his age and his lack of pro experience. So he either goes back to juniors or he stays with the Islanders for the whole season. And it's going to be a decision that, you know, management has to make. And I expect Lou Lamorello to make that decision shortly. And to me, you got to give the kid some ice time. Uh, And that may mean sending him back to junior. He has been useful. He has been steady. He has done the job as a uh, defenseman whenever injury struck or they got him into the lineup. He's not playing badly. But overall, I think the bigger thing in his long-term development is going to be getting him on the ice. And unless they can do that uh, enough, then it's going to be a struggle for him to develop, and the Islanders are probably better off letting him develop, you know, in juniors. He's played seven games. You could play up to nine before a decision has to be made. He has two assists in the seven games, is a plus one on the plus minus. And, you know, overall, he's done a pretty decent job in those seven games. It just becomes a question of whether or not his development is better served by him going back down to junior 
were staying on the Islanders, but probably not getting a lot of ice time. Lots more to talk about, including a full preview of tonight's game in Detroit. More to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to December 2nd. 2015 at the Barclays Center, a sellout crowd of 15,795 on hand as the Islanders host the Rangers in Brooklyn for the first time ever, and it was a tight, physical, defensive game, and I think the biggest thing about this game was it was the first time ever that the Barclays Center really, really rocked. It was a different atmosphere. You know, there was a good atmosphere opening day at the Barclays Center, although everything felt a little strange for a lot of fans being at this new building. But when the Rangers came to town this December 2nd, 2015, all of a sudden, the building felt like home. Things were electric. And, you know, it began a situation where the Rangers had all kinds of trouble playing winning hockey at the Barclays Center. The Islanders just dominated them there. After a scoreless first period with some good goaltending, it was Henrik Lundqvist in goal for the Rangers, Yaroslav Halak in between the pipes for the Islanders. In the second period, the Islanders on a power play as Keith Yandel was off for hooking, And then Dan Girardi shot the puck over the glass. He got a delay of game penalty. That gave the Islanders a five on three. And John Tavares put home his 12th goal of the season from Kyle Oposo and Johnny Boychuk to give the Islanders a one to nothing lead. And the crowd went wild. That lead held up until a minute 23 remaining in the second stanza when the Rangers tied the score. Victor Stahlberg, his third, from Mark Stahl and Dominic Moore, and the game was knotted up at one. And guess what? In the end, after three periods and five minutes of overtime, the game remained tied at one. Lundqvist made 36 saves for the Rangers. Halak, 33 saves for the Islanders, and one of those Real kind of grudge match games between the two teams. And of all players who led the Islanders in shots in this game, Travis Hamanick, the, the defenseman, had five. Four for Franz Nielsen, four for John Tavares in this game. But it came down to a shootout. And in the first round of the shootout, Oposo beats Henrik Lundqvist to give the Islanders a 1-0 advantage. Then Rick Nash, up for the Rangers, could not beat Yaroslav Halak. Franz Nielsen was the second Islanders shooter, and he was unsuccessful doing his patented backhand move, Henrik Lundqvist making the stop. Mats Zuccarello was the Rangers' second shooter, but could not beat Halak. John Tavares stopped by Henrik Lundqvist, and then the Rangers call on Dan Boyle as their third and final shooter, trying to extend the game, but he does not score. Halak makes the stop, and the Islanders come away with a 2-1 shootout victory over their arch-rival New York Rangers during the first-ever meeting between these two teams in Brooklyn. It all happened on this date in Islanders history, December 2nd, 2000. 
and 15. All right, tonight the Islanders will be facing the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit, and the Red Wings are a team in full rebuild mode. Right now, they are in last place in the Atlantic Division. They've played more games than anybody in the division, 29. They are 7 19 and 3, good for only 17 points in 29 games. I'll tell you, in the NHL, not too many people are officially under 500 by 12 games, less than 30 games into the season. And if you want to know why, just take a look at the numbers. The Red Wings right now, 31st or last in goals scored, 31st or last in goals allowed, 27th on the power play with a 13.6% uh, conversion rate and dead last on the penalty kill with a 72.2% success rate. So overall, this is a vulnerable team. The goaltending duo, normally Jimmy Howard and Jonathan Bernier, but neither one of them looking all that good. Howard with a 3.94 goals against average and a an embarrassing 2-11 and 11 mark with one overtime loss. Bernier, 5-7 and seven with two overtime losses, a 3.30 goals against average, and an 8.94 save percentage. Right now, Tyler Bertuzzi leading the team with 23 points. Anthony Mantha also tied with him with 23 points. Mantha has 12 goals, Bertuzzi 10 and Bertuzzi leading the team in assists. You look at this lineup, and they are, right now, vulnerable. The top line, Dylan Larkin, a very talented center, centering Bertuzzi and Luke Glendening. Valtteri Filppula, certainly a name familiar to Islanders fans, is the second-line center, and he has Robbie Fabri and Andreas Antanasio, uh, on his wings. The third-line center, a familiar name also to Islanders fans, Franz Nielsen, uh, getting plenty of ice time, but not much in the way of production this year for the Red Wings. Darren Helm and Philip Zadina are on his wings. The defensive pairs, uh, Patrick Nemeth and Mike Green, the top pairing, Dennis Cholowski uh, and Philip Ronick. Uh, are the second pairing. You look at Franz Nielsen, uh, again, a great Islander for a heck of a long time, and we just talked about him on this date in Islanders history. 25 games for Franz Nielsen, one assist, a minus seven, plus minus no goals in 25 games for Franz Nielsen. And, you know, look, this team right now, Detroit, in a very big slump. They're coming off a 5-2 to two loss uh, to the Washington Capitals on Saturday, and they are just losing right now game after game and in a very messy slump. Nine losses in a row for Detroit. Their last win, November 12th, against the Anaheim Ducks in Anaheim, a 4-3 win since then, loss in LA, loss in San Jose, loss to the Ottawa Senators, loss in Columbus, loss in New Jersey, loss at home against Carolina, shutout, embarrassing 6-0 loss to the, to the Maple Leafs, 6-1 loss in Philadelphia, and a 5-2 loss at home against Washington. 
this is a team that is just getting beat up, and it's really important that the Islanders be able to take advantage. All right, remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us your questions, your concerns, or a topic you'd like us to talk about. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me on Twitter. It's at IceWarsNYR versus NYI. That's NYR vs. NYI is my Twitter handle, and I always keep you up to date on everything happening in and around the world of the New York Islanders. All right, we will be back tomorrow. We'll have a complete review of this game. We'll also preview tomorrow night's game against the Canadiens. All that, plus this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more. So make sure you join us right here for Locked on Islanders, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for listening to Locked on Islanders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day.